Hey, it's the 50th. Uh, you all just heard that awesome 50th episode intro. Russ, tell us what inspired that masterpiece that we all just listened to. Oh, the one that you're sandbagging me on right now? <laughs> <laughs> nope, this is the Zadarcast. Hey, better, 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 better. Hey, better, 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 swing, better. Episode two. <laughs> uh, yeah. So your life is forever changed now. Yeah. Just it. It's p.m. and a.m. Mm-hmm. See. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um. So I told you about my sciatic nerve was really bothering me. Mm-hmm. So it's continued a little bit. Mm-hmm. I found myself in the in the store and like. There was a woman in front of me who very much either had had a horrible accident at some point in her life or was born with something very serious. Okay. And I was kind of limpy that day. (laughs) But I found myself behind her, so I very much was trying hard not to look like I was mocking her as I walked by. (laughs) It was horrible. So I just ended up pretending to like look at things that I didn't want to. Just, (laughs) hmm... Cotex, you say? I'm That's interested. How I feel every time, like, I'm in the grocery store and I go down an aisle and, like, I need the thing that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But I can't be a normal human being and say, hey, uh, excuse me, or, like, maybe re- even just reach in and be rude and mm-hmm. grab something. I have to be like, oh, I actually needed this other thing that, oh, I need to read the nutritional facts on this because, you know, I'm, I'm on the conscious are they done yet? buyer. Are they done yet? I, uh, Why are you still looking I'm, at the oh, french fries? It's got uh, soy lecithin <laughs> in it. I've heard that's uh, good or bad. One of those. Are they gone yet? <laughs> it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get cash out recently <laughs> okay well I, I needed cash mm-hmm. and there was a drug deal there wasn't yeah so there and there wasn't a bank around mm-hmm. so i had to like go into walmart I'm like what the fuck am i gonna buy i don't have anything that i need or want necessarily but okay. it's much easier to just do a debit transaction for a dollar and then get cash back that's okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what so I'm So you like just about. bought a pack of gum and yeah, got $40 exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are the only that's that's like all you need cash for today is like drug deals and Vietnamese food. Like those are the two things 
like Vietnamese that are cash food. only. Like oh, I feel like a lot of Vietnamese restaurants are cash only. Weirdly enough, I've never had Vietnamese restaurants, let alone enough to have a basic understanding <laughs> or or feeling for what uh, what monetary practices they have. There's, there's a great one downtown. Mm. It's right next to the Asian market that every time you go in, it smells worse. <laughs> and mm. it doesn't have a good smell to begin with. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm very hamburger helperish. <laughs> yeah, you're not much of an adventurous eater. No, I'm by the same you're thing just every time. Like the opposite. Every time we go out, like the, the Fuddruckers? What? I just. Oh, you're mocking me? Yeah. I like Fuddruckers. You don't, like, go to a new place and go, oh, they have a Fuddruckers. That's. I, I went on a business trip. To Washington, Washington State, Olympia, Washington, capital of Washington. I've never. I this is my first time even being on the West Coast. Um, so what happens is like my boss wants to eat at like Applebee's and Red Robin and bullshit like that, and I got to do very little actual good eating. You're just staring at me like I'm just Red ama- Robin. That sounds good. That's, I'm just amazed that like they have unlimited fries there. I don't know how, if you know that. How many travel stories have you told us that you don't tell us anything other than what your dietary concerns were on these trips? Well, you know, <laughs> why else would you your, travel? Your, <laughs> your silence is telling me that you're realizing that that's 100 percent accurate. I, it's not a realization. <laughs> I would like. I want to go to uh, Atlanta to. Go get some uh, chicken and waffles. I went to Atlanta to go to a convention. Okay. Yeah. Did, you, did they have a Fuddruckers? I think they might have. I don't remember. <laughs> if they did, we ate at it. Uh, but that's cool because it was like exactly in the middle of uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake when it's being filmed. Okay. So like I can place the exact time that I was there at in his life right there. That's neat. Uh, McFoley has like a, a Santa Claus documentary too, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm in Chicago for an appearance, and now I'm gonna go meet this guy." And I was like, "Oh, I was there at that what he's referencing." <laughs> like, so you just have those little time frames in there or whatever that. I feel like that's you know. the third or fourth time you brought up McFoley's Santa documentary on this podcast. Episode one hundred. Fifty. No. On oh. episode 100, we'll do the Santa Claus documentary. It'll be gotcha. a huge milestone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, synopsis for Maniac Cop? Yeah, instead of doing the Santa documentary, we did Russ's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 2. Uh, Maniac Cop is about a cop who, like a maniac, kills people. Mm-hmm. Overall thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> just do it. Just pull the trigger. There, there you go. There, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Russ was very delicately trying to open a soda. It's like when I have to do it in a in a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, click, click, click. <laughs> I am not cheap. I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I had I enjoyed the movie. 
Okay. <laughs> stunning, <laughs> stunning review. Let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start talking about fundam. Uh, well, you start. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, so uh, the whole time I'm trying to think of like what am I going to talk about? Because I know like you want to have. I'm sure you want to have some sort of conversation. Yeah, I do. And I'm like, what do I bring to it? And the whole time I'm thinking like, I don't know that i can see this being someone's favorite movie but it's charming it's competent it's good it's it's well done okay it's got all the ingredients Mm -hmm. that i think if it hits you at just the right time then that could totally happen so Mm -hmm. is it is it a timing thing uh i don't know if i can quantify it like it's it's uh well aware that it's it's not the best movie. I would never argue that. Sure. There's a way difference between favorite and best. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that it's all of those factors come together. Um, but I guess let's start just by diving into what the meat of the story is. Sure. Uh, so uh, girl is leaving work. Waitress. Attempts to get mugged. By uh, two uh, Puerto Rican gentlemen who look like straight out of the bad video. And uh cop shows up. Thank God mm-hmm. you got me. Kills the girl. Yeah. Just picks her up and snaps her neck. They're immediately arrested uh, because there was an eyewitness. Because apparently they hung around for six hours. Well, they just said the two Puerto Rican guys. Yeah. And then they went and grabbed the only two in New York. Yeah. I mean, that guy, yeah, it's not like they have a parade or anything. Uh, the Yeah, the guy taking out the trash, definitely. We see there was an eyewitness. He fingered him. Yeah. Uh, and then they were saying, no, 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 you don't understand. It was a cop. A big guy, a big cop. Big cop. So Tom Adkins is on the case, who you recognized mm-hmm. from My Bloody Valentine remake. Yeah. And uh, he is immediately suspicious of the rest of the cops wanting to finger the Puerto Rican guys. Yeah. He makes this movie for me. You like him? Yeah. I thought he he did a real good job. He's kind of a super detective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he know he knows exactly what's going on at every point. Um but even beside that, like uh I thought he did real well in the role. He he kept my attention uh, the plot just fucking goes. That's remember when we talked about God told me to, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you got it. Like when Larry Cohen writes shit, like every fucking line, it just keeps moving forward and yeah. it just propels itself forward. So things that you think might not be something like that is a thing. Yeah. Um. So maniac cop kills three people. We only know that the that detective knows about one of them, but he's already like leaking to the press. Hey, there's a cop that's killing people. Well, he knows of two before he does that, because he has the the two Puerto Rican guys saying that, and then he has the girl in the car saying that a big cop killed them, and then he is told. Keep this shit quiet. Don't be talking to anybody. But this is a running theme throughout all the movies. What 
most everyone that we should empathize with throughout these, the only thing that they care about is justice. They don't necessarily care about making cops look good. They don't care about making themselves look good. They don't care uh, about losing their jobs. They want justice. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tom Adkins is about. Yeah. Right. So he's very concerned about that. So he's going to leak it to the press. Yeah. Um, so I think chronologically you might be wrong about only knowing about one of them. I, I don't remember the girl showing up, but she totally could have. The girl showing up? The the girl who got away when her the boyfriend was killed. So I just remember the, the one, but... Well, I th- they reference there's another one. Okay. It I might be even as quick as yeah. that. Because um, there was definitely a cop for the third guy, but I don't know that it got into the detective. Semantics. Yep. Um, so... Tom Atkins is sniffing around this. Meanwhile, the movie kind of comes to a crawl to be like, hey, we're going to introduce a character. Yes. A couple characters. A couple characters. So we have Bruce Campbell Mm -hmm. and his wife and his wife. So Bruce Campbell's wife has been getting phone calls saying, what's your husband doing right now? Mm -hmm. He's going out again, isn't he? We see her clipping out the headline of about the maniac cop and Mm -hmm. things like that. So... Uh, this was your first time seeing it, but you already knew, I mean, we had, this is the Zadar cast. Sure. So you already knew Robert Zadar is the maniac cop. Mm-hmm. Had you not though, this, you could be on board with the fact that Bruce Campbell is the maniac cop. Sure. Um, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a genuine whodunit. You've been using that lately, the whodunit. Two weeks in a row. Hold on. I'm going to do it. My bloody Valentine. I got it out. There you go. Um, But it is. So, uh, however, he's not. He's cheating on his wife. Right? She finds him. Maniac cop shows up and kills her in the hotel room that Jack was just in sleeping with his adulteress. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so William Smith is Ripley, the captain, and he pulls him out of squad meeting and has a horrible bedside manner. Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, want to see the pretty pictures, which is a pretty fucked up thing to say, even if you think he's the murderer. This is after he said she split from here to here. Yeah. No, not. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Hey, uh, your wife's dead. Uh, she got split from here to here and uh, we have pictures i think you might enjoy them uh this is after so uh bruce campbell's wife walks in so she's he's in bed literally in bed having sex with this woman Mm -hmm. and he looks at her and says why'd you follow me like yeah (laughs) like she wasn't justified in doing so honestly it's like fucking real yeah. Like, that's totally something. Why did you do? <laughs> totally something who just been caught yeah. is going to try to pass the buck slightly. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't my fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Just like, if totally you in the moment. If you wouldn't have found out, then you wouldn't be mad right now. Exactly. <laughs> and that's totally something in the moment, something that, was, that something really stupid that someone would totally say. Uh, so Bruce Campbell is now locked up. Yes. Because they think he's killing people. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, and however, this is an example of him not necessarily being concerned with how he looks because he wants to do what's fair and everything. And he doesn't want to impugn 
Lorene Landon, his girlfriend. Right. Um, and so he sits down on it, or he sits on it, right? Yeah, he says, "Wait till Friday. If they haven't caught the guy, then I'll let you know that it's a fellow. That it's who she is." Um, around this time, we also see uh, a bit of some newscast people on the street type commentary. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, describe what it is, and then talk about it. I mean, it's a it's a bunch of talking heads. Like, hey, you know, I told my kid if he sees a police officer, he's supposed to cross the street. If I see him, I'm just going to run away. And it's like, it's just a bunch of that. And then uh, there's a black guy who's like, yeah, cops killed three of my friends. Cops love killing people. And yeah, it's like, they said he oh. had a gun. He just had something shiny. Yeah. Uh, that's so relevant yeah. to right now. Like, Which, uh, you know, white privilege says, oh, yeah, that's totally uh, in the news right now. I heard that on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> but like... No, it's kind of always been a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like... The only difference is Twitter exists now. Yeah, but I mean, we're 30 years past this, mm-hmm. past this movie. Like, It kind of sucks that we're talking about the same oh, shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it sucks. We live in a shitty world. Um, it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. There's been, for three, four, five years, they've been working on a Maniac Cop re- uh, remake mm-hmm. uh, produced by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, no, the guy that did Drive. Oh, okay. Um, and everything like even when I went to see these two films as a double feature, Lustig was like, "Yeah, we're still good. We're going. We're going." Just recently, Larry Cohen came out and said that that's dead. Mm. Um, he said that they still owe him two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and which makes it like if he was the original producer and writer, yeah, he's got to be do that in the contracts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but they had announced directors and everything like that. So, but if nothing's moving forward, like it's a, it's an odd one to really think was going to get a big remake. Yeah. But, uh, obviously I'm still, still holding out hope, but who, who do you cast? Who do you cast? Um, it's not original right now. Cause his name, but the fr- I haven't thought about this until you just said it, but what okay. about, what about the guy from stranger things? The sheriff. Um, hmm. It's not a. I, I don't think know. That's uh, that was just off the top of my head. Uh, Dave Batista. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I guess I guess you could choose most for any wrestler. Yeah, I mean. Doink the clown, <laughs> or Dink the clown. Yeah, Dink the clown. <laughs> yeah. Dink the clown's a little person, everybody, mm-hmm. and probably did. Yeah. <laughs> nope. What? <laughs> I was gonna say they have tiny hands and tiny lifespans, that's, but that's not nice. That's terrible. Yeah. I guess you can say the same thing about giants. Are they not the same thing? No. Nope. They have giant hands and tiny lifespans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's not. Uh, let me come back to that. They do. Yeah. I want to see that happen. Um, So where are we with the the movie right now? Uh, Uh, He's uh, Bruce Campbell's in jail. Bruce Campbell is in jail. And we they've planted a couple times. And this is an example of when things happen really quick. They say, wait a minute. 
if they were patrolling on this side of town, but then the murder happened over here, that means somebody must know something. Right. Tom Adkins is on to that. So he starts trying to figure out who knows that you had something going. And he finds out that Sandy does. Right? Well, well, he says who was the affair with. Who was the affair with. He finds out. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to find Lorraine Landon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is a acting as a prostitute. Right? And this is the only time that I've ever actually seen this go down like it's supposed to in a movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I totally wanted to talk about this. Go ahead. <laughs> he says they're talking back and forth. And she's like, do you want to be more specific? And he goes, you wouldn't happen to be a cop, would you? And she goes, ding, 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 jackpot. You or you asked, you asked the jackpot question. Uh, yeah, get out of here. Like, this movie thinks that police have to say yes when asked if they're a does cop. It, do this, are you saying that they actually believe that? I'm or saying it's that. that in this universe. In this universe, like, this yes. cop thinks that if she's asked are you a cop she has to say yes yeah but that's how in theory this should play out in every movie when this happens no and it's the only time it's ever actually happened dumb johns can say hey if are you a cop you got to tell me if you're a cop and they can say no i'm not a cop and then arrest him because that's funny but like the cop is supposed to know that they don't have to say yes i think that's the whole idea there is is that the general movie public, like that's a movie universe thing. I, I don't know of many. Okay, that's my point. It is that this doesn't happen much. Yes, that that I've not seen this play out like that. That's exactly my point. Okay. Have you ever seen that before? You're playing It's Not a Bug, It's a Feature right now. What? <laughs> when you point out something flawed and you're like, yeah. Have you ever seen anything flawed like that? That makes it worth more. I'm not saying it's flawed. I'm okay. I'm heralding it. I'm saying that it's awesome. Right, because I'm saying it's flawed. I'm not saying... Let's move on. <laughs> I think that it's dumb that cops in this universe think that they have to say yes when asked if they're a cop i don't i think it has less to do with this universe and it is about what the movie going public expects and is real right it's like when somebody goes through a plate glass window in real life they would be fucking dead in this isn't about suspension of disbelief this is about a question about how cops operate no it's a question about what people in movies what people going to a movie expect to see and what they hold to be true right so, so like you're saying that this is subversion yeah i'm saying that they're giving the audience what they expect and the average audience goer thinks that that's a thing but if the average audience member thought that that was a thing then why do so many other movies do what the real thing is which is say which that they don't have to say that they're a cop. I think there's equal measure on both. No, it's the character is always the dumb criminal who says, "You are you a cop? You have to tell me if you're a cop." The cop is always like, "Okay, I'll no, I'm not a cop, and then I'm gonna arrest you because uh, I don't have to tell you if I'm a cop or not." 
that's I feel like what I see ninety eight percent of the time or more. Okay. And that's what I would expect to see because that's reality. I'm not saying everything has to line up with reality. I was going to say, you are wearing a Pokemon shirt. Do you know that that's not real? Yes. Okay. I win. I mean, during I, win. That, I did catch a Pokemon during that argument. I win. So, are they real? <laughs> what do you mean you caught it during your argument? He has his little pokey thing in his pants, so he's apparently just fingering his Pokeballs. Mm-hmm. Looking me in the eyes. Yeah. You know you want it. <laughs> so Lorraine Landon <laughs> ends up uh, having an altercation with the maniac cop. She says that he's cold as ice. She doesn't think that he was breathing. And uh, she knows she shot him at least twice in the head. And nope. And he sh- he shows up to save the day also, so they're both there shooting Tom at, at Tom at, Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're both there shooting at uh, Cordell. Yes. Um, but they never overtly say. So something I love throughout this entire series is they mm-hmm. never really explain what he is. The rules aren't laid out for what he is. Yeah. Um, which some people may say is a flaw. Like he's is he a zombie? Is he a ghost? Is he a vampire? What is he? I like the idea that he's just Cordell, right? Yeah. Because it, let's pretend something supernatural did happen. Pick anything. Odds are, whatever that is, is not going to fit into the structure of what we've created as a phenomenon, right? And that's what Cordell is. It's the, it's the, the Walking Dead argument, which I go back to, is which is zombies exist. Like, you don't have to know the origin. Maniac cop exists. You don't need to know the origin. Like. Or, yeah, or the rules for what he is or whatever. Right. I got into a, a fist fight with my wife a couple weeks ago. Sounds about right. Because uh, you saw I had got uh, a new Maniac Cop bust, like kind of a cartoony version. Okay. You saw it, right? You know what I'm talking about? The green one? Uh, Probably not. Okay. I don't really see things. Okay. I showed it to you, and I said Dead if people. they made a cartoon, that it would look like this. Anyway, okay. she... Uh, my four-year-old said, what is that? And my wife said, that's a zombie. I was like, uh, no, it's not a zombie. That's Cordell. And Corda, <laughs> my kid was like, Cordell, it's my dog. No, that's Cordell too. That's where he came from. So long story short is my wife and I argued for like five minutes if Cordell was a zombie. <laughs> Cordell is not a zombie. Don't use the Z word. Uh so, I'm trying to go chronologically here. Okay. So, my next nitpick is uh, he says, don't go back to your apartment because he's after you. Go to my apartment. Except they were just seen together by him, by Cordell. And if he knew where she lived... He can know where he lives. So sending her to his apartment isn't that safe either. He knows who she is because he got information about who. All he knows is his face. He has no reason to think he's going to recognize him and know where he lives. But the, but he he's taking that choice. He's Are you taking that chance? Yeah, there's safer things. Chance. No, no, there's definitely safer things to do. It wouldn't be my my thing. 
Um, we skipped over that. Uh, so uh, Bruce Campbell's lawyer shows up, mm-hmm. and I kind of love that he just assumes he does it. He yeah. did it. He's just immediately. So like, we're going with. Uh, uh, we're definitely going insanity. What what type of insanity are we going to go with? Oh, like you just blacked out. You don't even know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bruce Campbell's like, uh, f- hold on, douchebag. I didn't kill my wife. Uh, and that's got to be the thing, right? Like that's like lawyers show up and are like, so you totally did this. Let's go lie now together and say you didn't do this. Yeah. I'm going to come up with a rhyme to get you out of this. <laughs> uh, the... I'm having such a hard time going chronological because I keep trying to go bigger picture with these. Um, Tom Atkins talks to Lorraine Landon and finds out that Sally is the one that she got, she told about their relationship. Mm -hmm. So he goes to find her, basically goes and they have kind of like a a little pissing match with one another to acknowledge like, I know that you know, I know that you know that I know, Mm -hmm. back and forth. And he follows her to where you see her sitting and talking to Cordell. And she's saying, what the hell are you doing? You said you were going to take care of the bad people. This isn't wasn't our plan, et cetera, et cetera. She doesn't say this wasn't our plan, right? She just says, I, I thought that that's what you were going to do. I still love you, but I thought that that's what you were going to do. And now you're hurting innocent people. Mm-hmm. She might not have used the word plan. But if she... You've probably seen this movie more than I have. Well, she she might not have used the word plan, but that's what they're talking about, is that she had this plan developed, right? But now the leash is off of him, basically, is what's happening. She had this plan. They were going to take care of these certain things, but now he's off and doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. That's why she gets so upset later when Tom Atkins shows up and she's like, "Uh, he knows that you know he has no use for me. He has no use for me. He has no use for me. And then in the worst kill of the series, he pushes her against a wall to death. And then, like, places her on top of a desk. Yeah. That's uh, that's the worst kill of the series. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt in the slightest. Uh, the other thing that I realized watching this movie is there's no way Tom Adkins smokes in real life. Did you notice that? It didn't he he never smokes during the movie. But he is constantly putting cigarettes in his mouth, and he puts the entire filter in his mouth. Mm. He puts it in until it is all the way to the white part of the cigarette, and then just leaves it sit in there to get soggy. Like, he doesn't smoke in real life, because that's not how you smoke a cigarette. Mm. It's gross. Like, I couldn't... You ever just smell an ashtray? Oh, yeah. Like, smoking's gross. Did you ever date anybody that smoked? No. Oh. Not cigarettes. Gross. <laughs> Just like kissing an ashtray. Yeah. Well, like I've, I mean, I've my never, mom smoked, so that I know. I've never. <laughs> I've never made out with my mom, but. <laughs> I have. Made out with your mom. Oh, okay. Okay, so we're keeping track. Yeah. Mm. Such a good joke you had to clarify. Thanks. Uh, there's also a line that's pretty awesome in that... Uh, Tom Atkins says that he, uh, they need to make this story bigger than AIDS. And I was like, ooh, that's awkward. Every time I hear it. I must have been taking notes at that time. I yeah, it's when it. they're talking about trying to make sure that everybody knows about about that. Yeah. 
Okay, so what do we know about Matt Cordell right now? Uh, they go through the papers, and like he was a shoot first, ask questions later type cop. Yes. Uh, something happened. Politicians, whatever, put him in Sing Sing, and uh, presumably, not good things happened after that. Yeah, and then we see the shower scene in which he gets killed. Um, what are your thoughts on the shower scene? Uh, most of it is fine. Some of it is weirdly cut so that people just randomly appear in different places when they haven't gotten there. But for the most part, it's fine. So it bothered me for a while, particularly the audio for this, because yeah. him getting killed is like, sounds like Street Fighter or something, where he's just like, oh. A lot of the audio Ooh. in this is off. But here's my thought. At both times that we see this, it's like him remembering this, yeah. right? So th- that immediately makes it feel more dreamlike to me than something that we're actually watching. It's a memory, and it's filtered through him having, you know, these maniac cop flashbacks. Yeah, that doesn't excuse the beginning where she hits the guys with the purse and it just the impact just sounds like someone gently rattling a chain in the same imp- the, she hits like four or five times and it's the same sound for every impact yeah i was talking about the the, I know. the shower scene specifically yeah specifically i i from more atlantically uh so that's why it's so important i i wanted to make sure that we were clarified where we were with cordell right now because you don't get the full story at all until the second movie. When you watch the second movie, his story about who he was changes and that it's not just what you're getting in that first part. You're presented with one version of him in the first one and then that changes when you get to part two. How so? Because in part one, it's more of he's a vigilante type, right? Is a vigilante. It's still definitely like everyone's like, oh, it's a shame what those politicians did to him. To a degree, but not nearly as much in the second one. Yeah. So the second one is when it kind of opens up a little bit more. And his motivation is completely different when we get to the second. Or I won't say it's different. It's explained more Mm -hmm. when we get to the second one. That's why really these should be put together into one super cut of a movie that's just two hours long. And you can get rid of the repeated scenes, uh, you know, and and you're giggling. I'll talk about it when we get to the okay. second movie. Um, so Cordell ends up uh, busting, getting a hold of Jack, uh, who's in the back of a paddy wagon. Mm-hmm. After there's a scene in New York at the... Uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade, right? Right. Uh, which there was a cameo, which I didn't realize you recognized. Uh, yeah, Sam Raimi. So Sam Raimi shows up and does a cameo. I wonder if Bruce brought on Sam Raimi or if like Sam Raimi was like, hey, maybe you should hire Bruce Campbell. And then I think Bruce, Bruce bought Sam. That's what sense. happened. Uh, when they went to film this, they went to do the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. They were like, so... Uh, Larry Cohen and William Lustig sat down and they were like, we should do a sequel to Maniac. 
And they're like, ah, I don't know about that. Let's just do Maniac Cop. Okay, sweet. Hey, Bruce Campbell, will you be in Maniac Cop? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, we don't have a script or anything, but St. Patrick's Day is next week, and we think we can use, we can film something there. So come grab some clothes that you can easily duplicate for when we actually film the movie, and we're going to film some stuff at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. They had no idea what the fuck they were doing or what the movie was when Sam Raimi did that and when they had him running around and everything. Hmm. And you can't tell. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. That's some Zen filmmaking right there. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Zadar from the very beginning of his career was going to be a Zen filmmaker. Yeah. Um, So ends up in the back of the paddy wagon and you get to see Bruce Campbell flop around like a fish for a while in the back of there. Yeah. And then did some pretty convincing flopping. You uh, you meet Cordell for the first time face to face. Yeah, they they've done a real good job of hiding his scarred up face. Oh yeah, they jawsed it up for sure. Even when uh, one thing we didn't talk about is them going to the coroner who declared him dead, mm-hmm. um, and find out that he was brain. They feel like he was brain dead, um, but he turned the body over to the girlfriend out of the kindness of his heart or something but even there it's just like a bloody sheet so they they do well to to hide his face until the very end Mm -hmm. which i appreciated and then we get the awesome ending of the paddy wagon flying off the edge of a pier Mm -hmm. spearing the maniac cop through the chest (laughs) flipping on its horizontal dimension as a stuntman drove it standing on the outside of the vehicle and then jumps away from backflip away from it basically fucking awesome yeah remember i've talked before about like the stunts that are so crazy that they're barely stunts and it's not jackass stuff this yeah. is the exact epitome of that. <laughs> like anything more that you do is just suicidal. Yeah. Uh, and anything less is not nearly as impressive. Yeah. Pretty. What did you honestly? This stunt it, was it fucking was cool. awesome, I, like, right? I, from that first angle, it looks like that car is going to land on him. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the reverse, and there's definitely distance between them, but there definitely couldn't mm-hmm. have. There definitely could have not been. Oh, for sure. Like there's even the moment when he when he lands in the water that he kind of you see him. Turn around like, holy shit, I, fuck, I made it. And then he swims back to shore, which which is good for the movie because that's supposed to be Bruce Campbell and he would yeah. have had the same reaction. But yeah. you definitely get that feeling like he just is really happy that he's in water because he pissed his <laughs> pants <laughs> and swam to shore. Yeah. Um, and then you get the, the end of the Super Shredder moment with his hand coming out of the water. Yeah. Uh. It felt weird to end it there, to me. Like, mm-hmm. how was how Bruce Campbell exonerated? Like, did shotgun guy, did shotgun officer live? Like, otherwise, without Cordell's body, he's the, still the prime suspect. Um, yeah, he could have, that could have happened. There, I assume this is 1988, there's got to be video at the... At the the police station, right? Because all that went down with Tom Atkins and everything there. 
but they they all think that he like, like it's a day later and they all think that he's the killer that's why they, he gets put in the paddy wagon hmm. yeah well they also saw the all of the guys that put him in the paddy wagon saw Cordell take off with him I don't know they disappeared they weren't near that paddy wagon the only one that was there got killed okay yeah so that's fair. It 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 does is definitely like oh shit this movie's over already because, yeah. but that's why it's also it, half of one big movie, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I so, do think it's weird, but yeah, the the movie definitely booked and not in a bad way. Yeah, absolutely. It just every sentence you you need to pay attention to and you need to hear for yeah. something, which could be so psychopathic. I don't think is. No. I mean, it's, 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 I don't want, convoluted is the wrong word, but it's a, a semi-complicated, semi-procedural, semi-paranormal Every, Like, everything makes sense. Maybe not the timing, or, or it is over a greater time span than we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. Everything seems very rushed, but it's all logical what would follow the next mm-hmm. thing. The, the as I've seen this, like so many things you take for granted, but then you have to try to like once you stop and digest it, you realize, wait a minute, they're here because of this. I can justify why they're here, but when you're just watching it, particularly for the first time, you're just naturally following the flow of it. But it's not until you step back and you really start thinking, you're like, wait a minute, why would they have done this? And you realize you do have that answer in there somewhere. Yeah. Um. Anything we missed from Maniac Cop? Not really. No. Maniac Cop 2. Synopsis? Okay. Uh, he's back. Uh, he <laughs> the teams, end. <laughs> he teams up with another serial killer and tries to right some perceived wrongs, I guess. Okay. Overall thoughts? Uh, it, yeah, kind of the same as the first one. You know, it was... It was well done. It was charming. It like kept my interest the entire time. I enjoyed it. So, Maniac Cop Two is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, I think that you see things that happen in this movie that you don't see in any other movie. I think that you have s- more of those crazy ass stunt work things that yeah, we talked about, of, like kind of in the beginning, the dude gets thrown out the window onto. A van. Uh, hold on, one. hold on. A second floor. This is one shot. Justin's not setting this yeah. up great. One shot. Second story window. Go ahead. Out the window, onto a van, onto the ground, pops up, gets shot, falls down on the ground. Like, all in one motion, all mm-hmm. in one, like, camera movement. No cut-ins or anything. That is the same guy that did the stunt at the end of the first movie, uh, which is also repeated at the beginning of the second movie, <laughs> which I know you had some comments on. Yeah, why do so many horror sequels start with literally what you've the last five minutes of the previous movie? I think so. Particularly, this is from older movies, and older movies they didn't have the home video market and things. There that didn't exist, so you would be going to see a movie that maybe you only saw two years ago in the theater one time. So they're just trying to catch you up in order to sequelize this. If you look at 
1988, I don't think that the VHS boom had happened yet, had it. And v- VHS tapes were still $70, $80. I don't know if they were still, it was that late. Well, okay, yeah, it was. Well, I guess it the, was Batman. Batman so was the one that's. So this is still when they were making this, it would have been eighty nine or whatever. Yeah. But but that's the reason. That's my answer is is that you had to fill everybody in because these were made to be in the theaters, and then they didn't think that there was anything any life of the for them after that. Yeah. So if you did have a sequel, you had to re-explain because right now, if you were to go see, you know, uh, Independence Day three, you'd watch the other ones before you went to see it. Sure. I don't know. It seemed, it seems to be a horror-specific thing, though. I think, well, but the other part of it is horror sequelizes more than probably any other genre. Okay. Would you agree I don't with know that? If that? I don't know if that excuses it, though. I'm not trying to... Ex- it's explaining. I don't know yeah. if that's excusing, because if you're, uh, if you're making this movie in 1990, mm-hmm. your DVD or your movie hasn't been in theaters. Right. You want to explain that to people, right? But does the Godfather Part Two play the first five, the last five minutes of the Godfather at the beginning? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a horror thing. I'm not taking that away from you at all. Yeah. Anyway, so the that uh, that stunt guy, same stunt guy. Cool. His name is Spiro Rosatos. Uh, he. Why are you giggling right now? Because of course you know his name. I do, but so uh, pretty fantastic, right? And you, yeah, great stunt. you see what he does uh, throughout the movie, and later at the very end, he has some incredible things. This is he has is now the stunt guy in Hollywood. He is the guy that does the Marvel movies. That's the coordinator. He's mm-hmm. the guy that does all the Fast and the Furious. He is the stunt guy. Nice. Uh, and you see what he was able to pull off there, and yeah. it's not even like, um. Kane Hodder, you've heard, you've referenced before. I don't know if we've done anything with him. We're not up there. We're not up to seven or whatever. Okay. So. Um, but you know his name, right? Sure. You know, he started as a stunt guy. He has this famous quote that I'm going to butcher that's, that is something along the lines of, you know, uh, stunt men are, that are bad will brag about how many bones they've broken, and the best stunt man has never broken a bone, right? Sure. Um, and that's what I see about being awesome about that is because you see him come out of the second story window, land on a car, land on the ground and hop back up immediately. So, you know, he's OK. Any asshole could jump out of a second story window and break all their bones and have all the balls in the world. Right. Sure. But this guy knew how to do that and mm-hmm. hopped back up immediately and was perfectly fine, obviously, yeah. because he knows what he's doing. So kudos to him that now he's teaching other people how to do that. He's the guy. Yeah. Uh, WWE or WWF at the time used to have a show on MTV called Tough Enough, which was their reality show of getting a bunch of kids. Uh, hey, you want to be wrestlers? We're gonna train you as wrestlers, and you're gonna compete in challenges and stuff, and blah blah blah. The winner gets a contract, right? And there was, it was I think like the first or second episode. Uh, Taz tiny compact guy uh was one of the main trainers 
and there was something he always said he said that always stuck with me and uh that was i could be walking in the grocery store and slip on a goddamn banana peel and i know exactly how to fall like it like it's become instinctual mm-hmm. on how to fall safely mm-hmm. in any situation and i i'm sure stunt guys cuz that's what wrestlers are they're they're stunt professional stunt right. guys yeah yeah slash ballerinas slash actors yeah yeah so so spiro rosados you you deserve it good yeah, good for you good for you uh so i i don't know how we started talking about that uh so fucking awesome stunt at the beginning right sure um and you see this is where we introduce robert davi oh you were talking about like why two is your favorite movie oh yeah, yeah. and when you started talking about stunts i chimed in oh, Sorry. okay so two is my favorite movie uh you've got these stunts you have these bizarre segments that i've never seen in any other movies where the fucking maniac cop is literally sitting down and chilling right like you never see freddy krueger eating a bowl of cereal I thought you were going to say soup, which I feel like would have been 12% funnier. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you don't see those things, but you do in this. And you get to see in Maniac Cop 1 him getting semi-chastised. Like, it's a, he, he goes, the Maniac Cop goes, and his girlfriend yells at him while he's sitting down, kind of shoulders slumped. He ultimately kills her. <laughs> but, but my point is, is like, these are these things that you don't see as they happen. I love that you see... You can see the seams in the f- in the finale here, uh, but you know that that's real. Like there's there's no CGI. This isn't a, this this stuff is really happening. Uh, I love the twist that it takes. Not 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 uh, my bloody Valentine <laughs> type twist, but twist in that uh, you're being fed one story while another is playing out. Those are the reasons why I love this movie. Okay. Um, so we've got the opening crazy stunt, mm-hmm. followed by the opening crazy stunt. Yeah. <laughs> then we meet Robert Davi, who mm-hmm. shoots the dude, who's the guy, the cop that shoots him. Yeah. Right after he falls out of the window, off the van, onto the ground, mm-hmm. shoots it's, him. It's the the detective from Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, and this is another character, just like Tom Atkins, just like Lorraine Landon, just like Bruce Campbell, just like Cordell himself, that is just concerned with justice, right? Sure. So he is kind of what you were led to believe Cordell was, which is shoot now, ask questions later. Yeah. But ultimately still out for justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is now on the case of the Maniac Cop. Mm-hmm. Because the maniac cop is out and he is killing again. Right. And the commissioner does not like that. No. Um, his kills in this uh, include uh, killing a cop, stringing him up on, uh, on a tow truck. Yeah, that's by far my favorite. Uh, he takes out Bruce Campbell pretty much immediately. Yeah. And there we meet uh, James Earl Jones' dad. Mm-hmm. That really is James Earl Jones' dad. It's his dad? Okay. So I saw Earl Jones and I thought, oh, uh, okay. That's James Earl Jones' dad. Because we met his brother in Sleepaway Camp. Was it Sleepaway Camp or the other? Yeah, it was Sleepaway Camp. I don't remember that. He was the cook. Oh, the pedophile cook. Yeah. 
No, no not, not the pedophile. Not the, 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 the helper. Over the helper or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one that was like, oh, this guy. Yeah. He loves kids. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, Lorene Landon uh, is taken out relatively quick, too, after mm-hmm. a pretty awesome real life car chase. Yeah. Uh, where. Two of the tires are gone, so it's just sparking shit everywhere. Yeah, she's driving on left side, all rims. Last week we watched 2009, My Bloody Valentine, where they couldn't sit and talk in a fucking car. In For real? Yeah. This was made 29 years earlier. Right, but they had to go out and drive on the streets out of necessity. Today they they drive on a green screen because it's easier. That's great. What looked better? Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not just like, oh, give it applause for, because it looked better necessarily. You got to know that that it was always going to look better because they were always going to do it for real because the the budget is lower. Yeah, no, that's I'm not, I'm not saying that they made the decision to do that. I'm making the point that when you don't see that happening, it makes you appreciate when you do that much more. Right. Um and. Boy, do I ever appreciate that. Yeah. Then Lorene Landon gets killed pretty much right at the beginning. And that's something else that I love about this series is that we didn't talk about that in the first Maniac Cop. Tom Atkins gets killed an hour into the movie. Yeah. He was our protagonist. Yeah. Right? So he's our protagonist and he gets killed. What other movie can do that? I mean, and he, you just it, roll it's with very it. close to the end. No, like it's all not. we do is corner and then climax. Uh, I bet you it's about an hour into the movie. Okay, how long is the movie? An hour and a half, ballpark. Okay, I mean twenty minutes to go. Yeah, I would say. But my point is, is that's your protagonist. It's not like this is the climax that it's, it's a sad climax that your your protagonist dies. This is it a. If you were writing this, if you were grading this screenplay and you're trying to, you would say you shouldn't kill your protagonist at this time. You need to save it for the end or do it way earlier and get a different protagonist at the beginning. But you're able to, because it goes so fast, you just book right on through it and that you're attached to Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I mean, he literally fills the role by pretending to be him. Um, <laughs> in the very next scene, so. uh, and then they do the exact same thing here in that they kill off the pre the predecessors and then you've got two new protagonists you've got robert davi and claudia christensen mm-hmm. um who is the psychologist yeah and uh she gets her own awesome stunt mm-hmm. did you appreciate this tell me about this yeah uh, i mean the whole time i'm thinking like Come on, you don't need to go back and forth so much. Just try to gently bring it into a wall and take it to a, a stop. Come on, like physics. So what Justin's talking about <laughs> is uh, the maniac cop, Matt Cordell, takes uh, his handcuffs, puts one handcuff around the wrist of Claudia Christian, the other around the steering wheel, and pushes the car down a hill. So she, you have an extended four-minute segment where you have a car going down the road the steep hill with a person hanging out of the car mm-hmm. pretty awesome yeah it was i enjoyed it 
Uh, yeah, but the whole time, like, climb in the car, steer it into a wall. But yeah. You say climb it in the car. Could you physically pull yourself into the vehicle no, driving down the road like she that? She obviously could have because eventually she did. She's that's, much lighter than I. That's true, but I don't feel like it's just as easy as like, just do it, dumbass. Okay. Um, my notes literally just say, oh, fun fact, the doctor in both films, you know, it's the same doctor. That's the other thing I love about these. There's reoccurring people throughout both of these films that are the same. Right, so like the di- the coroner, oh, okay, yeah. the same guy. You've got the random kind of old police guy, exact same guy. Detective dumbass. Uh, detective dumbass. The bigger detective. Oh, not him, but yeah, he's the same. <laughs> but all of those people are reoccurring throughout it. Yeah. The the coroner guy with like the mullet in the first one, and he doesn't really have a mullet in the second one. Mm-hmm. That's William Lustig's real doctor, and he was like. <laughs> Okay, can you say this medical stuff that I don't know what it means? Yeah, sure. That's fine. I want my SAG card. It's very Plan 9. Yeah. So, yeah, he just got his real doctor in there. Thanks. Um, now, this this is where one of the reasons I love this movie so much is because it's so weird. We meet Turkle. Right? So, Turkle is uh, a... Uh, a serial killer that strangles strippers mm-hmm. because he's trying to get rid of the horse. Right. Right. And this is this weird buddy cop. I was really thing. hoping the guy's name would be buddy. Cause then it would be a buddy cop movie. Nice. Nice. Um, so this is mind blowing and I want to live in the world where this was able to happen. This is, this is big. You ready for this? I'm ready. I think it's big. Boom. Lay it on me. Turkle was originally supposed to be Joe Spinell's character from Maniac. I read that in the IMDb. God thing. damn it! I'm Fuck sorry. you! Fuck. But it, that's really cool. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Yeah, I didn't. If, I didn't spoil your moment by yeah um, shouting it out loud. But yeah, that would have been really fucking cool. Because Maniac, except he died. Maniac Cop Two would have been Maniac Two and Maniac Cop Two. Yeah, that would have been great. I yeah. would have. But. But he died. But he died. Leo Rossi's still awesome in this. I think his yeah. character, what he does, he was, is he's pretty my awesome. Favorite character, the serial killer, is my favorite character in the movie. Uh, even when he's, we we talked about it. He's he's watching the stripper, and what is the protocol for looking a stripper in the eyes? I don't know. I've been to a strip club, like two different strip clubs, once each. That's my entire, and it was on a twenty first birthday. We hit them both. So I feel so. like it would be, you'd be a creeper to ogle their body, but you're semi there for that. Semi. But, but what he manages to do is he does not break. She is taking all of her clothes off, and he does not break eye contact with her. And you know this dude wants to strangle this woman. Yeah, he's he's like he got his fingers up by his mouth, like he's really in like <laughs> staring her down. Uh, and it's great. Like his performance is awesome because the other yeah. thing that he does is he he somehow manages to be intimidating as a serial killer Mm -hmm. but then he's like the lackey to cordell because he ends up becoming his sidekick basically yeah uh and kind of his estranged like 
cheating on girlfriend that he's like, oh, you're leaving now? Don't forget about me. Come back. And he turns himself into this like kind of whiny bitch all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this multi-layered thing where you've got, he's definitely the beta to Cordell's alpha. Whereas in any other relationship, he would be the alpha. Yeah. Um, and it's really unique and it's really cool. Do you know all that shit's made up? All what stuff? The alpha beta thing. It's not real. It's not actually a thing that happens in nature. It's all based on uh, one study of some wolves, and the guy published and like there's an alpha wolf and a beta wolf, uh, blah blah blah. Twenty years later, he comes out and says, "Hey, all that research I did was bad. I made bad assumptions. I've been doing tons more research, and there's no such thing as an alpha and a beta." Okay, well there's and def- so like. It's all based on that one study. But there's still like there there's like lions that are I don't want to use the word alpha then that are the dominant one of the herd or, or I guess they don't run in herds but you know sure. what I mean. There's still hierarchies. Yeah. But the whole alpha versus beta kind of concept doesn't really exist. Like groups have leaders, but it's the whole alpha beta thing. Okay. Isn't real. I'll back up. Cordell is the number one to Turkle's number two. You get, I know what you're saying. Um, I was just trying to inject a fun thing. I know, I'm joking, I'm joking. But that's something that I think is super unique to this movie in that it's got this weird buddy cop thing going on and you've got this, like, I want to see a movie with just Turkle in it. Totally. It would have to be a prequel. <laughs> I mean, we did and that's Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would watch Turkle in his own stuff. Uh, so th- this is the other part that's super, super interesting to me. Is here is where he just kind of goes and chills with Turkle mm-hmm. at his house thing. It's like a weird boiler room apartment with yeah. like rave lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that describes it pretty that's well. That's kind of close, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on this about like Cordell just sitting with him, uh, like I, walking up the ladder with him? Like even that shot is just walking down the street, like seeing the maniac cop just walking down the street. It felt, it felt kind of like, like when the Ninja Turtles did it, right? Like in that way, it's like this is weird. Like I'm sure I've always seen this in the cartoon. And everything for them. But it's like to see the Ninja Turtles as they were portrayed in the movies interacting with other humans and going off of buildings. It was kind of like that. It's like there's this entity that is humanoid. But to see him just do like regular people shit is weird. Yeah. Uh strangely fascinating for me like every time i see him just like climb up that ladder like just something else that every other movie would not show you like them getting from one place to the other right or or uh, you you never see you, you never saw jigsaw stop and get gas like on his way to t- <laughs> but the whole time there there there's character moments there is. So it's not like it, it's for no reason. No, I, I'm not saying it's for no reason. Yeah. I'm saying 
that's why I love it is because they they are showing you this weird side version of what you normally don't see. If Jigsaw needed to get gas and he took the mo- uh, took a moment to get gas and also give a lesson to his disciples, that would be in the movies. So he- here's the what is Cordell's motivation in this movie? Uh, it seems to be to get revenge on those that disfigured him. Good. Uh, that, you're right. That's ultimately. However, the movie feeds us something else, yeah. right? So they're feeding us. So the whole time, Turkle won't stop fucking talking. And he's like, we're best friends. You and I, we get each other. We're, we're one and the same, mm-hmm. right? And all of this seemingly could be him just speaking for Cordell, which is what Turkle thinks he's doing, but he just has it all wrong. Everything he's saying is just wrong. Yeah, we're, we're going to start an army. We're going to go... Yeah, we're going to start gonna an army. We're going to... Yeah, exactly. Which sounds like a G.I. Joe cartoon. Right. Um, but to be fair, he said he was going to come get him, and he came and got him. Uh, yeah, but again, this is all in Turkle's head. You know, yeah. he thinks they're friends. They're not friends. Cordell just wants what he wants, and that's to get revenge on these dudes right. that did him wrong in the in Sing Sing. Mm-hmm. So, Turkle gets arrested. Cordell goes to bust him out, and with Danny Trejo in yeah. tow. <laughs> <laughs> so they bust him out. Yeah, like Danny Trejo is nothing in this. No, like he's below frame for most of the thing, and then one time he kind of raises his head. <laughs> And then in the credits, he's just prisoner. Yeah, well, it's because Danny Trejo wasn't Danny Trejo. He, when uh, this is before Heat, isn't he? Was ninety five. Okay, sure. Uh, so then they end up making. Uh, oh, I think I skip. Did I skip the siege on the? I did. I skipped the siege on the police station, right? Uh. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that's part of breaking them out. So there's a siege on a police station. Thoughts on this sequence? Uh, the glass breaks before he walks through it. So he's walking through these glass. <laughs> he's walking through these glass doors. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say? He shoots a bunch of cops and then gets a better gun and shoots more cops with the better gun. I feel like you're underselling this. I mean, it's a cool fucking scene. Yeah. He picks up one of them and throws him through like eight walls. Yeah. With this awesome overhead shot. And obviously he's on wires, but again. Yeah, because he kind of like floats down and then back up at yeah, one point. But, but, yeah. there's, but it's definitely, there's a dude flying through like eight walls. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so they end up at Sing Sing because his goal is to find these three guys and kill them. All the meanwhile... Turkle is still thinking we're best buds. Danny Trejo has 357 after credits. I believe it. <laughs> How many of them is he a prisoner? <laughs> 340 of them? Don't count them. Do not count them on air. I'm not going to I'm not counting them. Oh. Uh, let's see. But let's go look at, let's look at everything he did before Maniac Cop 2. Okay. Uh, some movie called Project A, he was a voice. Uh, runaway Train, he was a boxer. The Hidden, he was a prisoner. Penitentiary 3, Severe, I'm sure he was a prisoner. 
Death Wish for the Crackdown. Art Sanella. Bulletproof. He was Sharky. Cage. Castell's Bodyguard. Ich. Chinks Gang. Don't like the sound. What's of it that. called? What, uh, what was it? That was his title. It's a movie called Lock Up. What was What was this title? Chinks Gang. One more time. Nope. <laughs> Uh, I gotta re-edit that into uh, your your uh, Asperger's quiz. Uh, here he is, prison inmate in Forbidden Subjects. This he's just listed as mean. <laughs> uh, before Maniac Cop Two, where he's prisoner. So yeah, that's pretty much his oeuvre. Yeah, leading up to it. Heat was ninety five, right? Have you ever seen Heat? Nope. Heat's a great movie, and he's great in it. It's the one time I've seen Danny Trejo. And it's like, oh, you're not playing Danny Trejo and you're doing Awesome Minute. What about Halloween? He wasn't Danny Trejo in Halloween. He was was Ishmael the janitor. He was still basically Machete, but less badass. What? I mean, he was fine in it. But also I said Heat, it was the first thing. And it's probably his best thing ever. Okay. Uh, so then he gets lit on fire. Yeah. And walk me through this fire scene. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, he's on fire. The character is on fire like the whole time for like five minutes. Some of these shots, I feel like the stuntman is on fire for too long. It's, it's definitely questionable yeah. for sure. Uh, but that being said, there was Spiro's Atos again. Like yeah. this guy knows what he's like. Everything was fine. Everything was good. They took like three or four days just to film, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because you have to be careful with those. But the, there are long, long shots where he is on fire mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And you can 100% see this is a dude in a suit and he's got this big oversized bulbous head. Where you can see the flames flickering under the eye holes that they've made. Which, but, to be but, fair, that you just described Robert Azar, minus <laughs> the fire. But, Big bulbous head. But I, and I'm not pooping on this at all. I would much rather see that and know, like, holy shit, there's a dude whose entire body is on fire. This isn't Samurai Cop where the dude's back was on fire. This is full body burn. Yeah. And he's walking around. Yeah. And he's reaching out and he's putting his arm on people and just killing them by lighting them on fire. Watch Game of Thrones. This shit happens all the time. Is it real? Yeah, they really burn people, yeah. That's cool. You, but not, I'm pretty sure they like make sure they're not on fire for more than like 15 seconds. Yeah, this there's definitely shots yeah. that they're on light. <laughs> yeah. For a lot longer than that. At least 30 seconds. Um. Because I think they might have slowed it down a bit. Oh, yeah. There's definitely slow motion but, points. Yeah. But it's it's impressive, I, yeah. I, I argue. And and I don't mind seeing those seams. Like, if anything, I appreciate them because I can see that it's actually happening. If it looks too perfect, then I'm I'm not convinced that it's actually happening. You you like to set people on fire, is what you're saying. Kittens. <laughs> One day I'll work up to puppies. Yeah. Uh, and then our final stunt, again, huge. Mm-hmm. They bust through a three-story, four-story building. Two people on fire. Two people on fire fall 
those I believe those could have easily been mannequins. Because uh, they didn't, they didn't I, seem to fall with conviction. Definitely, when they landed, they weren't real. Um, so I got I, I'm not so sure. I think that those. Well, we won't we won't push that one. But you would agree, the fire walking and everything is impressive. Yeah. Awesome fire walk with me. <laughs> Uh, Justin, overall thoughts on Maniac Cop 2? Uh, well, okay. Or do you, or do you have more? I'm sorry. I, I, I like I, his makeup. Yes. It is way different than the first one. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts? I love the look of Maniac Cop 2. Okay. Are you asking to justify it or what? No, I don't. I, I didn't mean that aggressive. I'm not no, no, like no. your movie sucks. No, no, justify no. it. No, no, no. I meant but like uh, I, I meant. Are you saying justify why he would look that different? Well, no, it's not justify it. It's in the first movie they took great care to not show his face, and when they made the reveal, it was definitely grotesque, but it was definitely real. Yes. And in in Maniac Cop Two, like he looks like a zombie. Yes. His skin is like brownish green mm-hmm. tone and their pussy gouges and stuff in it mm-hmm. um which looks cool mm-hmm. but it's definitely not what it was in the first movie no not at all and so like what do you think about i think that, that so you're the first movie is march because you've got saint patrick's day mm-hmm. second movie is december because you've got christmas yeah who knows what the hell has happened because you don't know if and when cordell died Right, so maybe Cordell did not die until that spear went through his chest, or the when he when he went off that dock. He got shot about thirty times in that first movie. Um, that's true, but oh, yeah. even oh, yeah. then, let's say he died then, right? Um, but you don't know the rate of decay for a undead thing. I mean, in practicality, what it comes down to is they had more money for the second one, and they were able to go more iconic, and yeah. that worked out in my opinion, fantastically, because his his look in that is what my maniac cop is to me. Like, some people have their Captain Kirks or whatever, right? He didn't wear makeup. He was just a different actor and different... That, that's what I meant. Or you've got your Doctor Who's, right? Sure. That's that's what I mean. I don't, okay. you know, I don't mean makeup-wise. I just mean you have your favorites. That's my... I think that's most people's maniac cop is maniac cop 2 and that look. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to end up with at least one maniac cop tattoo and I'm considering a full sleeve. If I do the full sleeve, it'll be the full story, like in a comic book that tells the whole story of him. Um, being realistic about it, it'd probably be more like, I wouldn't go comic book. You, you would want more collage, I think in a tattoo. Hmm? No. You would actually draw panels on your skin. Yeah. All right. Um, but if nothing else, I'm, I'm not convinced about that, but that's, but I'm definitely going to do, if nothing else, I'm going to do the EC comic book style, um, as like a maniac cop piece, That's cool. which I think would fit nicely together. Um, so obviously not your favorite movies anymore or not anymore. <laughs> obviously not your, not your favorite movies. I never could, could expect that to happen, but yeah. do you see the allure here? Do you see, uh, the uniqueness or whatever to him. I mean, is there other movies that are exactly like this? Uh, 
not, I mean, not exactly, but definitely top 50% of movies we've watched in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lo- make that bold I, statement right I now. I love that you're like you're like stretching hard, like i got to find a <laughs> nice way to say that these no, blow. These aren't bad movies. They're, they're competent. But I feel like there are plenty of other ones that you could have picked out, like, you know, uh, my favorite movies were My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's totally my favorite. And I'm like, oh, well, that's competent. Yep. I think that these are better than resonates. My Bloody Valentine. But yeah. No, I get And that's 100%. I've never made the claim that they're the best. Right. It's what resonates or what strikes you or what hits you, timing and everything that you're describing. You yeah. know, I mean, I could make more arguments for why. I could probably make more arguments for why Halloween is a better movie. Yeah. Um, but, but you not because you don't think it is. Well, and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's more important than than anything. I mean, uh, you know, Mozart is better than any music that I actually sit and listen to, which yeah. doesn't mean I like it better. I'm not going to sit you down and tell you why basketball is maybe the funniest movie of all time. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to know that it is. Hopefully you don't feel like I did that to you this last hour. Okay, good. I was... No. I was wholly expecting more of you watching me watch the movie than there was. Mm. Because that's kind of like, as geeks, Mm -hmm. we enjoy sharing uh, things we love with people we love. Yeah. Oh, I definitely wanted to rewind all those stunts and be like, dude, did you see that? He threw, flew from the second floor, uh, but I didn't. So yeah. uh, you're welcome slash you're sorry. I don't know. Are there any like big things? Because um, we kind of drilled through the whole minute show and we did get some bigger things. Are there any more big maniac cop things you want to say no no i mean the 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 overarching themes i would say is it's about justice and and i really feel like somebody could do something just crazy creative and relevant with this franchise right now and this ip based on the current social climate and political climate relating to these type of things if you pay us i will actually write true story what talking about the script that i never work on but oh yeah if if someone out there actually wants to pay us to do it hmm. legally I, i'll be down i would do that <laughs> okay <laughs> great <laughs> if anybody wants to hire me to be their male model that's fine i'll do that that equal likelihood of any of that happening yeah we're uh sorry barney we're we're gonna go with patrick yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he just has a much, much better body than you. Both those guys are dead now. You ever watch? Like as I get older, I like watch things. I'm like, well, everybody here is dead. Like, yeah. there's no one left alive in what I'm watching right now. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I watched that Chippendales uh, sketch a couple months ago, and it's weird thinking like, huh, the both of those people are dead now. That's really weird and sad. Yeah. I showed that to my kids a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bar- Barney, no. No, <laughs> don't. Don't. Uh, decision's been made. Maniac Cop or Maniac Cop 2? I'm going to go Maniac Cop. Really? Yeah. I think you're the first person that I've ever heard say that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Why? Um, I I enjoyed the, the build-up to the reveal. Um, 
I honestly I thought that the whole kind of plot line through was better. Uh, well, Mania Cop Two is so thin. There's there's not really anything it's, there. It's eighty seven minutes, and twelve of those are from the first movie. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I I, I enjoyed uh, the the makeup job and the build up to revealing his face and everything. Uh, it just it felt like more of a movie. The two had gr- much better pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. but it just felt like one was a better movie. To oh, me. two is all right. So if if one is like a meat, right? That's like r- actually hearty and giving you something. Mm-hmm. Two is all just frosting, <laughs> like yeah. You know, what I, and I like frosting. I'm not a big frosting guy. Um. We might usually try to do this sooner, but I think it's good that we waited till now because it kind of ties them all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we're going to do now is the very first Cohen over Cohen song that ever existed before it even was Cohen over Cohen. Oh, wow. Uh, we have uh, one here. This is Cop Named Cordell. Careful round. Downtown New York now You don't have much time You better try and save yourself And then there he was An undead officer Yeah, there he was Some crazy lawman There's a cop named Cordell Yeah, yeah, that your vengeance. 
is extreme, dig it. Matthew, your vengeance is extreme. So once again, proving Cohen over Cohen is nothing if not hip with the kids from none other than the current musical act, Macy Playground. Marcy. Marcy Playground. Yeah. And it's what the kids are listening to these days, right? Totally. <laughs> By the way, spoilers. There's scenes from the third one in there. Yeah. You haven't seen that yet. No, you haven't. Um, director of the third movie. Here's a spoiler. Okay. Probably the best. I don't even say probably. Definitely the best movie this director has ever uh, directed. Okay. There's a redundant sentence. Uh, direct. It's, it's not Bill Lustig anymore. Uh, why don't you? I think you should see it. Stall for a bit. Okay. T- talk to me about uh, what you just thought about about uh, the Cohen over Cohen song. Uh, yeah, you can definitely tell. Like, it's weird to hear that how how much uh, Tom Krosik has kind of grown, like because there. It, I mean, it's, it obviously it sounds good. But it's it like doesn't have some of the like qualities that a lot of his his newer stuff, the hot shit that we're spewing <laughs> on the Cohen over Cohen channel. Uh, yeah, uh, I am excited too. That song will be included on uh, something that we'll announce. We're going to have a giveaway to encourage uh, uh, some interaction and to thank everybody uh, on episode fifty three, the one year episode. Woo. We'll announce that. Um, so here's Maniac Cop 3, if you want to take a look at that director. And, uh, I like, him. again, that this is uh, half of the of it is taken up by Specs. Starring, blah, 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 directed, <laughs> <laughs> directed by Alan Smithy. Yep, best Alan Smithy film ever. Uh, so who did direct this? William Lustig. Oh, okay. Did, okay. Should we talk about this? Mm. What, because what do you most, most directors, when you see Alan Smithy, it's because it's a form of protest. Mm-hmm. Is that the case here? Yeah. There's a documentary on that disc that will explain everything when we get there. Oh, okay. Um, and I, when I met him, I gave him my Maniac Cop 3. I was like, you know, I know his autograph's pretty hard to come by, but uh, if I could get an Alan Smithy autograph on this, that'd be cool. <laughs> he said, no, that's cool. I'll put my name on nice. it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Next week? Next week? Um, we will go ahead and embrace it. It is the time. Let's do this. We're going to have a Christmas episode. Woo! Christmas! Right. Uh, my girlfriend and I are doing uh, 25 days of Christmas movies. So we're doing a, a Christmas movie advent calendar. And so every day we'll draw, from between now and Christmas, we'll draw a uh, a name out of the bowl, and that's the movie we're going to watch. That's cool. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. What's your worst Christmas movie in there? Worst Christmas movie in there? I mean, are these all classics and things you guys want to watch, or are they things you haven't watched before? Um, most of them are like, okay, what are ones we have to have in there? Uh, for me, it was Die Hard, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, Batman Returns, uh, and there are one or two in there that we kind of hadn't seen, mm-hmm. 
uh, A Very Murray Christmas, which is Bill Murray's Christmas special okay. on Netflix, uh, is one that I'm excited because neither of us have seen it. So, yeah. Cool. All right. First movie. First movie. Wait, the bottom one? Yep. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2? Mm-hmm. All right. Prayers won't save you in the silent part of this night. Uh, it's an ornament with a gun. It's just an <laughs> ornament. It's the laziest cover I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, it's Christmas. Uh, so an uh, ornament, and it's reflecting. Uh, how about a, a dude's hand, like with a gun in it? Guns are cool. Sold. Gratuitous sex, unspeakable gore, and two sadistic serial killing Santas. Nice. So what are we going to see? Other than exactly those words that you just read. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, serial killing Santa. So uh, a lot of ho, ho, ho. I went in for a pun, and I didn't find it in the three-syllable thing that I said. So uh, ho, ho, horror. Nice. Yep, I found it. All right. Uh, second film. Uh, not necessarily directly Christmas, but it's enough in the season that it, that it qualifies for our Christmas episode. Okay. Ooh. He's chilling and killing Jack Frost. <laughs> Let, letterbox version. <laughs> uh, that used to be a really expensive DVD. That's like a $40 DVD, but then they came out with a 2K Blu-ray, so that price that not went down. Uh, there's a snowman either trying to kill or trying to make out with a naked woman. Uh, yeah. So this is, um, on the back it's all snowmen and on the front it's like a snow skeleton. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that this art is made for the front and is a complete lie. (laughs) Because that's usually how these movies go. That's 100% how these movies go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so we're going to see a killer snowman and that sounds really exciting. Awesome. Which one are you going to like better, Justin? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 because I think this one might kind of freak me out a little too much. Okay. What else you got for us? His face still looks like. 